to the Shred Shed Podcast. My name is Doug. Aaron. It's with me. <laughs> Just Aaron. Just Aaron. That's all I got. No last name there uh, for either of us. But anyways, we're uh, going to take this time to lay out a, a, come out our backgrounds, tell uh, our stories, and then um, describe our passions and why we're doing what we're doing. But if you haven't figured it out yet already, this is a podcast about strength, about uh, health, about fitness, about performance, about longevity, and we'll even throw in uh, some chasers with God and theology and life and who knows, depending on what kind of guests we get in. But without any further ado, uh, we're going to lay out our backgrounds for you a little bit. Uh, and for me, Doug, uh, I grew up in a pretty solid Christian family. There's a lot of emotional and social issues that um, I fought through, and that kind of drove me to my teenage years where I became complacent, a little bit apathetic, and uh, had played sports all my life. But at that point, uh, of course, with the hormones and adolescent stages, you start asking, what, what am I here for? And you're dealing with self-confidence issues. And so that drove me to, uh, I guess, finding comfort in what I could control, which was food and uh, pleasure and video games and all that stuff and so I ended up being over coming overweight and by the time I was 17 years old I was 270 pounds and that well that was at least the last time I weighed myself which I don't know how heavy I ever got but <clears throat> 270 and uh, ended up I was still playing baseball but who, like everybody knows you can be overweight and out of shape <laughs> and still play baseball um, did you First play baseball base. I did not you didn't okay well that I, makes sense I, wish I did but I did Right. Well, yeah, yeah. First base, you like post up, and especially in high school, you don't have to do much really, and, and you don't have much of an excuse because who's who's your second string? It's the guy on JV who's half your size, and they want someone taller. But anyway, there DH in high school? There's not actually. So I can't even be the David Ortiz big poppy who no. just sits on the bench uh, for ninety percent of the game. No offense, poppy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh, yeah, long story short, I was overweight by the time I got to my the last part of my junior year in high school. I, I think <clears throat> part of my maturity and the conversations I had with people and the books I was reading, I realized that something needed to change. So started to uh, dig into the internets and uh, started asking questions like, how do I lose weight? What foods should I eat? Uh, what should I do for exercise? And just started doing it and made my my body a uh, N equals one experimental device and started going out and doing things like running before school and biking and and then at school uh, I wouldn't eat very much or I would experiment with vegetarianism or uh, a keto type diet uh, and then after school I got into lifting weights and stuff and ended up losing about 40 pounds by the time I graduated from high school and then after that into college uh, started continuing to train uh, mostly in the weight room Got a little more smarter when it came to uh, what I was experiencing and and what I had learned worked and what didn't work. Uh, for example, uh, being a vegetarian doesn't work unless you know how to cook really well. And even then, it kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but, you know, to each their own, we're going to talk about that. But anyway, uh, by the time I was a sophomore in college, I lost about 100 pounds. I was 170 and uh, continued to play around with that. But by that time, I realized that uh, fitness was my passion. In some form or the other and not just that but <clears throat> being able to take the knowledge I gained and help other people was where I found my purpose and so 
Uh, that's flown over into other aspects of life. And for me, uh, I'm a middle, middle school English teacher, which is kind of weird, uh, given the fact that I have a master's degree in kinesiology. Uh, but that's a long story for another time. That being said, I'm still dabbling in the field, and I still love it. It's my passion, but I don't want to make it uh, my life's work in a way that would drain me from uh, being passionate about it. Um, that's that's me, Aaron. I don't know about you. What what's your Kentucky background? man? Yeah, I did go to Kentucky. Go Wildcats! It was it was uh, oh. it was uh, <laughs> rough being a Gators fan and living in Kentucky <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, I gotta say, I'm kind of a Cats fan only when they're not playing an SEC team. So. When they're playing basketball, you are. Yeah, absolutely. Not when they're playing football. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, I'm so bandwagon. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, what's your background? Very cool. Um, well, I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania in my high school years. Uh, I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, uh, in early childhood. But um, in northwestern Pennsylvania, in a small town, most of my friends were all just doing construction work, carpentry, uh, house construction, that kind of stuff. They were lifting. My, they were getting huge. They were, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My family had a greenhouse, and we drew, we raised like uh, hydroponic produce and everything, that kind of stuff. I did not want to be a part of that. So what drove me to really get into higher education was was just a need for I I don't, I don't want to do this. Um, and so when I looked to what I should do, um, I, I was relatively fit throughout high school. I played basketball uh, primarily <clears throat> through high school, and I got into lifting my senior year for basketball and I remember my senior year before uh, the summer before my senior year I cut out all sugar and it was like a, it was like a little trial period I did just to see what happened I lost like 10 pounds now, that always kind of stuck with me uh, I just kind of seen the changes from that and so that and so right after a year after high school I didn't, I didn't go to college I stayed kind of stayed home and, and worked on the farm um, during that time, I was lifting a lot. I was on bodybuilding.com. Oh, yeah. T Nation. That this is, is So this is when I kind of like made this meathead bodybuilding kind of, um, I don't know, identity, like I guess. Transition. Yeah, and, it, it's, and that's a sport training. And if, you ever, if you've been in that kind of that kind of realm of like strength training, it's a, it's a very tight-knit, tight-knit kind of, uh, I don't know, subculture. Yeah, it's hard to get out of. It's hard to get out of. So I was, I was in that. So I mean, throughout college, I went, I went to college. I, I majored in exercise science, mm-hmm. and and I considered myself a bodybuilder. I, you know, I was trying to um, do my supersets. I was doing my yeah, yeah, um, yeah, all my you know and all good stuff. Did you I was, I was wake get, up? I was trying to get swole. Did you wake up in the middle of the night every night and, <clears throat> and take your oatmeal and protein shake? I never went to that level. Oh, okay. I thought about you it. that extreme. No, I was always trying to like. I was trying to cut. Yeah, that may be my problem. Oh yeah, it's probably, probably my problem back then. But um, no, I would do. I would wake up at like six a.m. and do like mm-hmm. the whole like you know, <laughs> high intensity interval training on a fasting stage. Fasted. Oh, it's crazy. So somewhere along the way, I got some common sense, or at least a little bit. And I started evolving. Once I graduated, I went to University of Pittsburgh for a master's degree in health, physical activity, and chronic disease, mm-hmm. I kind of shifted my focus towards um, more of a clinical aspect, and specifically cardiac rehab. Uh, and so I came back home, couldn't find a job in North, North, Northwestern Pennsylvania in that, uh, and so I came down here to Florida, 
and it's kind of where I evolved into in the personal training uh, field, and that's where I find myself. Right on. So I love working with people, and fitness is kind of my thing. So I just kind of join the two, and yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, and you're liking it a lot. I do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really fulfilling whenever you get to personal train a one-on-one, uh, for for sure. I worked a little bit in the strength conditioning field as an intern and uh, dabbling there. And a lot of times it was always like you had to uh, you had to stay aligned with the program. You couldn't deviate unless you had administrative rights or you were over top of a team. You just had to kind of get in there and, and administer whatever you were told to do, rather than being able to be one on one with a with a client. That's even that's a little bit more fulfilling, yeah. for sure. So yeah, right on, hey, Aaron. Um, hey, Aaron. <clears throat> So don't mess up, um, A.A. Ron. <laughs> Jaquelin. Jaquelin. Yeah, nice. Anyways, we are definitely going to be off on some rabbit trails in this podcast. <laughs> so uh, our passions, um, I think, are, are similar. They cross paths a lot. Um, mine lies a lot in uh, the average Joe and uh, getting fitness truths and knowledge bombs out to people who are suffering from... Maybe paralysis by analysis, or are too afraid to, to go out there and ask questions, and they get bombarded with uh, these gurus and marketing ploys of people who claim to know what they're talking about. <laughs> and not only that, but also uh, a lot of the new CrossFit slash strength sport uh, evolution is really good and all, but. Uh, you're dealing with former athletes and athletes who are on uh, substance, uh, assisted of substances, whether it's anabolic androgenic steroids or just uh, things like pro-hormones and whatnot. It's true. Uh, who are, are saying these programs work and the problem is that they don't work when you're dealing with somebody who has a 9-to-5 job and a family and so on and so forth. So what our goal here, or at least mine is, is to, uh, to get that knowledge out to people who do have regular lives and help them become stronger, become more aerobically fit, uh, more mobile, uh, more healthy, and can perform in whatever their uh, adventure or personal endeavor is, as well as live long. And so in that pursuit, uh, that's what this podcast is here for. Um, I like that because I feel like fitness and strength training has so many different subcultures. You have your bodybuilders, you have your powerlifters, your strongmen, your crossfitters. And if you're an average Joe, mm-hmm. you may not fit in those categories, so you may be left out from a lot of that wisdom or, you know, insight from that training. Yeah. And we're trying to bridge the gap a little bit. Or you become like ADD and you, you jump from one modality to another and you never really get good <laughs> and then you ruin yourself and you're injured all the time and you're like, I want to be a, a weightlifter, but I want to be a CrossFitter, but I'm, oh, I'm gaining too much weight. Now I got to cut. And right. Then you look back and you just wasted like eight years of your life. And you're not really any much farther than what you started from. Uh, but yeah, there are lots of uh, golden truths out there, and, and we want to share those with you. Uh, but Aaron, I wanted to uh, finish off with this this question. <clears throat> and this question, uh, I think I feel like we can make five other episodes um, from this. But what is one ridiculous trend or um, fitness uh, pseudo truth? That you would like to see changed, or let's put it this way: you would like to tell the public that is not true, or change their belief about it. Yeah. 
I can think of so many uh, so many myths right now within within fat loss or weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but a truth that's widely held. I mean, I, as a personal trainer, I I run into a lot of this uh, with clients that that come to me. Um, the biggest one I get is spot reduction. So a lot of a lot of a lot of my clients are coming at me like, hey, I got this uh, you know flab under my tricep. And they're usually jiggling in my face, yeah. and they want to they <laughs> Here, want me to touch, pro- it, touch it. They see, want me to touch it. See how I, much it. it I try to stay. I have a hands off policy <laughs> okay. for the most part. My yeah, yeah. clients, unless I need to do whatever reason, but uh, they want me to program more uh, elbow extension exercises. I guess, but uh, so spot reduction, uh, mm-hmm. the myth that you can target <clears throat> fat loss in a certain area. Yeah, it's something I deal with a lot, and so, um, yeah, that's uh, seeing the body as a, as a, uh, or seeing seeing that your body loses weight overall in the total kind of genetic predetermined way as mm-hmm. it as it wants to take it off is kind of how I try to explain to clients. Yeah, um, we can't really go after a certain area. So you're saying <clears throat> that you can't just yeah go after one specific area yeah. when it comes to fat loss. I mean, w- women w- women all want to have their hips, you know trim this certain area or, or their, their abdominals and I can point them in the right direction and say this is what's going to do it but I can't give you an exercise that's right. going to do it and yeah. that's, that's kind of the, the difference yeah I'll agree I, I think for the most part the science says and uh, nearly every single bodybuilder you talk to who has experience in the bodybuilding industry will say you can't just target one area and make that area lose fat mm-hmm. for sure uh, for me uh, the one one uh I guess main mainly held, commonly held uh, truth that I would like to uh, debunk is that one program is superior to another when it comes to strength building, and that's the case with, I think with any kind of goal, but specifically strength building. I feel like you have your your proponents of five three one out there, your proponents of five by five strong lifts. Jim Welder, yeah, Welder, shout out, got, okay, Welder, see, I hear you, West side, holler. Uh, or you got yeah West Side stuff, or you have uh, I don't know Ripito's starting strength Texas method. And I could go on and on. And if you freaking read it, there's all sorts of strength programs on there that people share. When it comes down to it, it really doesn't matter what program you're on, as long as you're consistent and you're following some basic principles of strength development. Um, consistency is huge, and I've found that out the hard way. That if I have a goal and I want to accomplish it, I just got to get down and dirty and get it done day in and day out. Get my time in, get under underweight, get in some repetitions. And for the most part, the numbers don't really make that much of a difference. Uh, now, when you're an athlete or a late athlete, yes, they do. But for the most part, if you want to get stronger, get underweight and be consistent. And show up every time. Don't kill yourself. Just be consistent. And uh, so that's that's the truth I'd like to change. It's that classic story that describes the, uh, the fitness principle of pro- progressive overload. Mm-hmm. It's that Greek, I think it was a Greek god that Milo. picked up the Milo that yeah, yeah. picked up the little calf <laughs> every day, carried it. Yep, calf got bigger and he kept on. He kept growing, and after a while, you have uh, a massive man, a demigod, who is carrying a cow. And if you were <laughs> a Greek back in the day, you know how big cows were. I wasn't. I didn't live then. Did? did you know how big the cows were? I heard they're big as houses. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of okay. milk. That's some serious. I feel that's like that would be Greek steroids right there. Yeah, that's a lot of udder. 
That's, that's a lot of odor. I won't want to milk those teats. <laughs> no. Well, on that note, teats. On that note, uh, we are about about done with uh, this episode, and uh, yeah, now I don't. I've lost my track of thought. <laughs> I thought we were going to segue in like peck deck flies or something. <laughs> yeah, peck deck flies. Don't do uh, peck deck flies. I don't. I feel like there's no research for that. I feel like if you just want to get big chest, maybe if you want to rip your uh, anterior delt right off. Yeah, right off. Do a load up. Just take <laughs> the pin out. Do a peck deck fly. Take the pin out. Load the stack all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> take it and drag it out like you're gonna fall forward, and then just just crack as hard as possible. I will say when I first started lifting in my high school weight room, the peck deck fly was my go-to exercise oh yeah i'll tell you what my, my chest grew oh, on that one okay. i noticed that right on I, yeah. yeah well you get the stretch for sure and i was benching too so maybe that's probably what it was yeah. but i remember that, that old chest fly mm-hmm. in high school chest fly well the chest fly there we transitioned straight to a fitness uh thing all right well doug and aaron out oh.